0: Hello everyone, this is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast where industry leaders share their insights. It's about five questions in nine minutes because actors never sleep. I'm excited, we're bringing some guests back. And today we're bringing back Roger Grimes. Roger Grimes is from know Before, and we've had him on in August of 2021. Man, it's like two years ago now. And you were episode number 120 where you talked a lot about the responsibility of, you know, Understanding phishing, spear phishing, and all of the different data breaches that were out there. So, my first question to you, Roger, is what have you been up to since the last time you were on the CyberPro podcast? Well, I think a lot of things.
1: I've been talking
0: a lot about how easy it is to hack and
1: fish and bypass most multi factor authentication, but I've even been doing a lot about passwords, password managers, uh, and quantum. Uh, I do a lot of uh, talking about how you should be preparing for the Coming, the coming uh, quantum dilemma where uh, sufficiently capable quantum computers will be able to break much of today's public key crypto, and you should start preparing now. So, a little bit of everything, but you know, a a lot about phishing and spear phishing. And if anything, uh, things like spear phishing have become even more relevant. Like, there was a great stat I read the other day from I think it was Barracuda Networks that said, even though spear phishing only accounts for 0.1%. Of email attacks, it's responsible for 66% of all successful data breaches. One thing, I mean that that's that's pretty amazing, you know. That's a, so, you know, so phishing and spear phishing and all this stuff is relevant as ever.
0: That's amazing. So, talk to me about how you feel the cybersecurity landscape has evolved over the past few years. Well, you know, typically I say it hasn't evolved. Like for, I've been
1: doing this 35 years and it hasn't changed at all. But I I would be remiss if I didn't say deep fakes and AI. You know, every single day, I'm really, I'm kind of burned out on the whole AI thing and deep fakes, but uh, I can't ignore for the fact that it is changing the landscape, it is making it easier for attackers to create uh, good looking scams to be responsive in those scams. That that the thing that was the thing that was amazing to me is at before we actually started using AI and going, hey, how easy would it be to create these phishing scams? And 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 that was easy enough to see. But the part that really blew me away is that if somebody responded to the scam and asked a really good question, It was shockingly how good the AI could respond to the question that with terminology that was relevant for the scam in the industry, that part was a little bit scary to see. Although I still tell people, remember, the good guys made AI, the good guys have been using AI, uh, and the good guys will use AI, you know, I think better than even the attackers. So it's not just a one-sided game where only the
0: attackers win. No, that's, that's a great way to put it. Are there any emerging trends or technologies or approaches that you're excited about or or, or you hope come up in the next few years
1: yeah i mean i, mean, I think certainly um the crowdsourcing big data ai stuff is you know really good i mean think about there there's been services for decades trying to best identify efficient email like like if we could identify every phishing email using some sort of, you know, software, or hardware tool. We wouldn't even have to train people how to recognize scams by company, know before we'd be out of business, you know, but nobody's been able to make that perfect tool. I don't know if it really even exists, but certainly I think that AI and big data and crowdsourcing is going to make it easier to identify, you know, some portion of the scams. So, you know, that's, you know, I think that's a really good trend. I think you're gonna see AI be used to make better, you know, responsive tools that defeat hacking. Uh, you know, we already use them, We're like we already know it know before that uh, we have an AI called ADA, uh, uh, AIDA, that if you allow the AI tool to pick the phishing templates that you test your users with, it will fool your end users more often than if you let an admin pick the templates which means that you're actually training your end users to be better at recognizing things because you're getting less people that think, oh, I fooled the, you know, the phishing test and I'm, you know, I can't be fooled, that sort of stuff. So I I do think in the next couple of years, uh, it's obvious that AI is going to be used as a really good tool, improve technologies. You know, I hope it improves being able to detect, you know, malware and ransomware because it's, Right now, like just ransomware and malware, it's, it's, it's almost surprising to me when uh, an antivirus or endpoint and detection response tool detects something proactively. <laughs> but it, it'd be nice to see these big data, crowdsourced, AI-driven things, hopefully bring some of the
0: accuracy back that seems to have left us in the last couple of years. No, I appreciate that insight. I'd love to hear if you could share a real-world cybersecurity story And talk to us about the lessons or takeaways that we can learn from it.
1: Well, you know, I think this probably goes to a lot of my multi-factor authentication stuff. You know, that's a big push. You know, like, especially if you listen to the insurance companies, we're not going to insure you unless you get multi-factor authentication. Uh, Everybody thinks, oh, if I get MFA, I'm going to be super protected. And using MFA does protect you against a wide variety of attacks, especially simple scam attacks that are looking for your password because if you don't have a password because you're using MFA, so much the better. But what they don't tell you is that probably for at least 70% of MFA, is it's as easy for an attacker to steal your MFA code or to bypass your MFA as it was for them to steal or bypass your password. So 70% of this MFA, so 70% of the people moving to MFA they innately think, oh, I'm using MFA. I'm so much more protected. It's going to be harder to, to attack me. And really, the reality is that they're almost as easy to attack and sometimes easier. So, you know, there, I think some of the stories that have really resonated with me uh, were stories like where Cisco Talus or something where, you know, one of their employees had MFA uh, there was a push-based uh, attack used against where someone called them up and said, hey, all those MFA codes you're getting, you know, we're IT and we're trying to upgrade something. And if you don't approve that code, you're <laughs> going to be bugged all night long. So it's called MFA code fatigue. Uh, and, it, you know, and the person then approved it and they thought, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. And they went back to sleep and that attacker was able to compromise the sales of Cisco company. So to me, what was relevant about it is it wasn't some schlub that didn't know about cybersecurity. It was a security person inside of a security company with, a, you know, what they thought was a good MFA protector, and and it just goes to show you that the attackers aren't simply giving up because people are using MFA. And just because you're a computer security person in a cybersecurity company doesn't mean that you're innately smarter and you can't be scanned. You know, you have to be educated. And I think you know, sadly. When someone gets uh, an MFA code device, if you told them, hey, by the way, we will never call you. Our IT team will never call you and ask you for the code ever. Absolutely. And if someone does, it's an attacker and you need to call the help desk or something like that. Literally <laughs> two sentences of warning would have likely prevented that attack. Like we're so caught up in the technology and how good the technology has gone to protect us. We don't spend one minute saying two or three sentences that could significantly you know decrease the
0: risk of a successful attack. That's amazing. So Roger, final question, fun question. We've pivoted a little bit to something new for you. What is a current piece of technology that makes you smile?
1: Um, I, you know I, so it's funny, most of it isn't technology because most of the technology kind of I, I see doesn't make me as happy. I think we're seeing better education out there a better cybersecurity education that makes me happy but again if we're going to go to technology uh, you know I'd have to say some of the AI driven stuff that we're starting to see out there that's starting to be allow uh, different things to be more accurate and let me say you know again I'm always bored with the term AI and everybody AI this and AI that I really don't care how you do it it could be a bunch of if then statements and it wouldn't surprise me if a bunch of if then statements could produce some of the outcomes that we're seeing but I think we are starting to see things that are are trying to be more intelligent about bringing uh, certain, you know, starting to see certain patterns. Like another one that I just read about in Brian Krebs's website was, you know, when an attacker breaks into a router or a device, which is really common, right? If it, you know these days the professional attackers, you're you're more likely to be broken into because of your router than your Windows bug. Uh, but they said when those guys break in, they're doing uh, they're then using enumeration. They're doing a who am I or show me what networks or show me the ARP table. They're like your regular admins are never say show show me the the ARP table or who am I or whatever it might be. So I think one of the neat things is that you can actually get uh, some technologies that will look for these kind of uh, these unusual commands that are normal commands, built in commands, but indicate that it could be something malicious. So some of the things I like is that it's starting to look at going, hey, even if the attacker is using built-in commands, built-in tools. If they're doing them in unusual ways that your staff is not doing, well then we're gonna alert and give you early warnings. So those sort of things where we're actually looking at real-world attacker behavior and then putting them into some sort of automated, uh, you know, watching device that then will alert you to something unusual to the anomalous behavior. That I, I think that gives me hope that we may be able to, you know, identify
0: more attackers quicker. Roger, thank you so much for being on the CyberPro Podcast again. Thank you.
1: Always glad to be here. Thanks for having me back.
0: Thank you for watching the Cyber Pro Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content.